No Gray Zone podcast is a frank and honest conversation on topics related to sexual abuse, harassment, child exploitation, and domestic and workplace violence. The opinions are our own, based on years of experience as special victims prosecutors. Any study, book, or product we mention is based on our own review and are not sponsored. Links and titles can be found in the podcast notes. You can also learn more at rightresponseconsulting.com. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just good at caring too much. I'm just good at caring too much. Is it too much to ask that you be all mine? I never was good at sharing. I'm just good at caring. Welcome back. I'm Katherine Marsh. And I'm Melissa Hotmeyer. And this is No Gray Zone Podcast. Today, we're starting our second series, which is going to focus on child exploitation, sexting, and human trafficking. These are areas that may not seem interconnected, but as prosecutors, we see them come up again and again in cases we investigate and prosecute. And it's such an important area for parents and for young teens to know about especially right now during the pandemic, where the internet is really our primary mode of contact with the outside world. But we want to stress this is not about internet safety only, which, let me tell you, is very important. It's about arming ourselves with the right information so that we know what to do. Yeah, which includes understanding teen code and verbiage, understanding laws on sexting to know that trafficking can happen from inside your home, and recognizing the signs. We're going to cover it all in this series. That's a lot to cover, so let's get started. Uh, So what do we mean when we say child exploitation? Because the legal definition includes a lot more than I think what we're going to cover in this uh, series. It includes child domestic work, child soldiers. It includes the recruitment and involvement of children in armed conflicts, sexual exploitation and pornography, the use of children for criminal activities, including the sale and distribution of narcotics, and the involvement in children in harmful or hazardous work. But what we want to focus on in this series is on sexual exploitation and child pornography. And this is extremely timely when you consider the recent controversy surrounding the movie Cuties on Netflix. So Cuties is a 2020 French coming-of-age comedy drama film written and directed by the French Sanglinese director uh, Madame Decor. At the heart of the controversy is the over-sexualization of young girls in the movie. And I can tell you that there is nothing depicted in this movie that Melissa and I have not seen in real life. Now, some of the critics of Cuties have suggested that the movie itself engages in grooming behavior and glamorizes over-sexualizing our children. And some of that has to do with how the movie was been marketed. And some of that's because some of the people who viewed the movie didn't watch all the way till the end. The director states that the movie was meant to start a conversation about the sexualization and over-sexualization of children, and that we as adults are not confronting the issues our young girls face. And as Catherine said, this is definitely something that we've seen in cases time and time again. And so the one thing that is clear about this film is that it's created not only a controversy, but it's also created a conversation. And and I think that's really what the director was trying to get to. And, And what we know is that child sexual exploitation is a form of sexual abuse. And in most states, it's a crime, even if a sexual act has not yet occurred. 
So many predators, what they do is they engage in a process that we call grooming. And grooming is where they give children gifts, drugs, money, status, and sometimes just affection in exchange for the performance of sexual activities. So the sexual activities that we're talking about, they may not be sexual acts at the beginning. They're more likely to be the sending of explicit photographs, uh, texting explicitly, watching pornography with the perpetrator. Children and young people, because they are, they crave attention, they create, they, they crave wanting a parent or a loved one to give them praise. They're often tricked into believing that this relationship with a perpetrator is loving and consensual. And, and because of this grooming behavior, many children don't even know that they're being abused, but they are. And typically, the sexualized request will only increase over time. The National Institute of Justice estimates that 70 to 90 percent of children who are commercially exploited or sexually trafficked were sexually abused in a non-commercial manner prior to being trafficked. And what we want to stress is exploitation. It can happen in person or it can happen online. It's not exclusive to one realm. And it can be done by an adult or an older child or even sometimes a child of the same age. Children may be exploited online by sending or posting special sexually explicit images of themselves, which are later used against them, or films that they are asked to make or they make consensually at first, or uh, they're asked to stream sexual activities or even having sexual conversations. And the abuser will then use this material that they get to blackmail them uh, to move to actual physical sexual abuse. And oftentimes children will feel trapped by the abuser or embarrassed that they engaged in the initial behavior to begin with, and they don't know how to end the cycle. So it just continues. This is why it's so important to talk to your kids and make sure they feel comfortable telling you anything, even if they did something wrong. That is so true. And so really the question is for us as parents is how do we get our kids to talk to us? Because we're willing to talk to them, but sometimes it doesn't feel the same way. Um, and there is this great article on pediatricsafety.net about this, and we'll put the link in the notes after the episode, and I really encourage everyone to read it. Um, and it talks about how to talk to your kids about online safety, but more importantly, what the article emphasizes and why I think it's such a great article is it emphasizes listening to our children, because that is really when we're going to get this important information. Yeah, I really like this article. It's got a lot of great information for parents, and it also talks about CNN's report being 13, which found that kids don't think that their parents understand what social media means to their generation. For example, 58% of kids in this study would rather be grounded and not be able to go out and play with friends than to have their device taken from them. And I definitely never wanted to be grounded. So what we have to realize is that the tools and the way our parents talk to us and, and helped us grow up and the, the things that they talk to us about safety won't work in the online generation. And so we have to adapt. We have to listen and we have to build trust. Because if they trust you, they'll tell you. So when they come to you, don't freak out, at least not in front of them. You know, I consider the MAD contract, the Mothers Against Drunk Driving contract that many of us signed with our parents when we began driving. And, you know, as the child, I promised to call my parents if I was ever drinking or if the friend who drove me somewhere began drinking. And my parents promised me that they would pick me up with no drama, no grounding, no yelling. And the reason for this is because safety was what was paramount. And 
going online should be similar. It should be this contract that our kids can come to us if they screw up or their friend screws up and we're going to help them without the drama and without yelling. Right. We want as parents for our kids to think they can come to us with their problems. And this does not need to replace the tools that we have as parents to access and to control the access that our kids have. Listen, we we need to be able to do that as well. Uh, We need to encourage age appropriate controls. You know, for younger kids, it might be YouTube kids. um, And as the kids get older and maybe able to access devices themselves, you want to use parental controls. We always want to limit screen time. Uh, You want to give kids a separate account that's on your specific device so that you can monitor what they're watching. And then you always want to, no matter their age, monitor the apps, videos, and games that the kids play and watch. And when you notice an inappropriate video your kids are watching, report it to the administrator. Melissa and I have both done this. You can also make anonymous tips at the cybertipline.org through the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children. Absolutely. And we definitely encourage you to do that. Well, that's all the time we have. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and follow us on social media. No Gray Zone RRC on Instagram and Twitter and No Gray Zone on Facebook. And tune in next week where we focus on child pornography and sexting. There are no excuses when it comes to sexual assault or not having the right response when it comes to sexual harassment. I'm just good at caring.